We are in a um, series uh, that we call, Who Do You Think You Are? And in this series, we're talking about our identity in Christ, who we are in Him. And I've said this is very important for us because we have a very real enemy who's the master of identity theft. He's trying to steal that identity away so we don't experience the full and abundant now and forever life that Jesus has come for us to have. So we've looked at a lot of different things in this series, and uh, this week uh, we're going to continue on in the little sub-series we're doing on the fruit of the Spirit. So over the last few weeks we've talked about love, we've talked about joy, we've talked about peace, we've talked about patience. This week we're going to talk about kindness. I should say too, um, Alice isn't feeling great, but she wanted me to say hello to everybody for her. So hello from Alice, and uh, she'll be okay, like a bad cold, but she's going on with that. All right. Intro, transition, bad joke time, bad, you know, silly thoughts, whatever. Uh, time change happened just, uh, you know, last night, this morning. Woke up to a really loud noise this morning. I was alarmed. I know. This one's my absolute favorite. You may or may not get it. you probably get it later. Uh, I ordered a chicken and an egg from Amazon. I'll let you know. Tell your friends what it means. That's a, that's, that's a dad joke. Someone, someone asked me, when does a, a joke become a dad joke? And I said, well, it becomes apparent. Oh, scripture reading here on purpose. Galatians 5. I'll let you know, I promise. 22 and 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Blessed be the word of the Lord. We've used that as our scripture reading now for the last four or five weeks. I want to make sure that that really gets into your spirit. Because one of the things I've been trying to draw your attention to when it comes to the fruit of the spirit is that these characteristics should be evidenced in our lives uh, as we're yielding to the Spirit. These things should be happening just as, as we live this life out in Christ. It's not something that we're aspiring to. It should be happening. And when they're not happening in our lives, it's an indicator. It's like a, a warning light on your dashboard. It means that something is off and that, that we're not in step with the Spirit. And we need to use those things to get back in step with the Spirit. And, and I'm, I'm hoping that you'll take that in. See, to me, it's like, okay, um, if I'm not loving very well, or if I'm not experiencing measure of joy in my life, or a measure of peace, or if I find myself being impatient, uh, it's, a, it's an indicator to me that something's not right. And what I need to do is stop what I'm doing and get checked back in with the Lord and get back on track and get in step with Him. So I want you to see those things in, in that way. That's why we're taking our time to go through each one. So, so far, as believers in Christ yielded to the Spirit, we should be loving, joyful, peaceful, patient. And today we're going to talk about that we should be kind. Kind. So how important is kindness in our lives? William Barclay, who was a theologian, said this, More people have been brought into the church by the kindness of real Christian love than by all the theological arguments in the world. And I, I think that's true, and I would say that makes kindness extremely important. 
So that's why we're talking about it today. Point number one in your notes is this. What is kindness? What is kindness? Listed there in the fruit again, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Now, when you, when you start trying to define the word, I was looking it up and dictionary definitions, and honestly, some of the dictionary def- definitions for kindness were the act of being kind. And I thought, that's not even right. I could write a dictionary like that. <laughs> you don't need to know anything. Just put the word back in there again. And I, well, that's, it's, it's, it's not that. And so I found a definition that's it's on the way. It's um, the practice of being or the capability to be sympathetic and compassionate. And I thought, well, that's, that's pretty good. But it, it still misses something from the word, the, the word that we're using in the Bible. The original word in the, in the Greek is the word krestos. And it derives uh, its meaning, and, and it's a verb. It's got action to it. Uh, to take into use, um, has the basic sense of excellent, serviceable, useful. And so it refers to something that is well suited for its purpose. When the word is applied to people, it means that they are worthy or decent or honest. And so when a person is yielded to the Spirit, they, they should be decent and reliable and gentle and kind. And so all those things are sort of uh, wrapped into the word that the Bible calls kindness. So it's, it's more than just sort of a sweet disposition. It's a serving, productive trait as well. There's action to the idea of kindness that we need to understand in our lives. Now, in the, the fruit of the Spirit, as in all things in life, we can look to Jesus as our model. I've told you that and tell you that over and over again. He's our model for life and ministry. And all of these things, we can look to Him to see what it's supposed to look like. And kindness is certainly that way as, as well. And so point number two is this, is that Jesus is kind to us. Jesus is kind to us. And, and in so many ways is He kind to us. But there's, there's two that I want to talk about today. Uh, because I want you to see how they impact us so that we can begin to see how kindness flowing through us impacts others. And the first is this, and little a, is that, that Jesus understands my weakness. He understands my weakness. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16 says this, For we do not have a high priest who was unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So here's what's happening is that Jesus understands our weakness. He knows why we have weaknesses and he has compassion for us. If he didn't understand our weaknesses, then he wouldn't be able to be kind to us when we struggle. When Jesus came, when, when incarnate Jesus, Jesus came fully God, fully man, lived this life. He came into this world the same way we all have. Uh, he was born into it, and he experienced life. And so he knows what it's like to be us. He knows what it's like to live in a fallen world on a broken planet. He gets it. The big difference is, you know, he was tempted in every way, but he never sinned. But he understands us. And he understands what it's like. And he, he experienced the whole realm of things that we experience. You know, and the ups and the downs and the joys and the sorrows. And he knew what it was to, to have friendships and, and to be betrayed and the, all the range of things. He, he experienced all of that. And so he gets us. It's, it's, you know, he walked in our shoes so that he can relate to us. 
And that's very important for us to understand, is that, that He gets us. He knows what it's like to be us. And, and so it's, Jesus will be kind and gentle to you because He knows why you're struggling. And the reality of that is you can come to Him when you struggle. And that's such a big deal that we understand. That, that He loves us. So often we get this upside down and we start to think when we're going through issues in our lives that somehow we need to get our issues figured out so that then we can come to the Lord. We get it backwards. We think, oh, I'm a big mess right now. There's no way I can go to Him. When the reality is He gets that you're a big mess and He wants you to go to Him so that He can help you through those things. But we, we get all messed up sometimes and we think, oh, I, you know, He's God, I can't do that. He, he understands us. He gets us. And, and we can struggle with Him, and He'll help us in the process. And that's important for us to know so that as we relate to the people around us, we can kind of walk in their shoes. We sort of understand that they have struggles like we do, that, that uh, we don't want to be finger pointers and, and just be critical of everything, but we understand that people have uh, and are going through things, and it's a fallen world and a broken planet. And, and then when we understand that, we can begin to treat them kindly, which is very important for us. So He gets us and He gets our struggles. And as we understand that, then we can help and, and sort of extend kindness to people that struggle, which is everybody. B, this is the second thing I wanted to talk about, extremely important in this idea of kindness, is that Jesus affirms my worth, my value. Romans 5, 6 through 8. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I, I, I'm just, my prayer is that you get a hold of what that means. While we were still going our own way, our own direction, re rebelling, rebelling against God, that's when He died for us and paid for us. That's when. Not after we got it all figured out, cleaned up, and all those other things, but while we were still a long way off, He died for us. The, the, by dying on the cross, which is the greatest act of kindness that we'll ever experience, our worth, our value is affirmed. He loves us so much that He was willing to pay the supreme price in order to have, be in relationship with us. See, that's how valuable you are. Sometimes people go through life thinking they have no value at all. They don't matter. They don't count. They're just sort of getting up, going through the motions. They start to get the idea, if I wasn't here, nobody would care. And it's not true. You have such tremendous worth in the eyes of your Father, your Heavenly Father, that He did everything that needed to be done so that even though you'd chosen to go your own way, you could be reconciled to Him and have relationship with Him. One of the big things that kindness does is when we're kind to someone else, it, it gives them value. It makes them feel like they matter, like they count. Like, wow, somebody went out of their way to, to help me in this process. I just thought they'd all continue to walk by. But see, the reality is that when we're kind to someone, it, it gives them worth. It gives them value. And God wants people to know that they have value, that He loves them so much. And, and you know, we're the plan, right? He works through us. That This fruit is, is Him flowing through us. And that's why it's so important that we're in step with the Spirit so that we can impact the world around us for him. See, I like to, my favorite way of thinking of kindness is this, is point number three, is that kindness is, is love in action. It's, it's where we really sort of get out and, and begin to demonstrate the amazing love of God. 
And it's so important because I, I, I believe that it's when we're at our most selfless is when we're being kind. Is that it's, it's such the opposite of selfishness. And it's really about us getting out of the, out of the center of the story. Now, if you've been here, you know I, I use this illustration from time to time, but I, I think it's so critical that we get because this is also the illustration of yielding to the Spirit. It's, it's our nature to sort of put ourselves in the center of our own story. And it's your nature, so it happens all the time. It's kind of how you start everything. And without realizing, that's what we do. We're, we're, the, we're moving through our day, and everything is spinning around us, we think. And all we can do is see how things impact us and what that means to us. And that's sort of how we work through process of things. But see, you weren't created to be the center of a story. Jesus is the center of the story. It's all about Jesus. This is His story. Now what he does is he invites us into his story. I, I, you know, I know I've told you this before, but think about it this way, that it's his story. He's the noun of the story. It's all about him. We're adjectives in this story. We're, we're invited in, and our lives then, an adjective is a good thing. It's a descriptive thing. Our lives sort of describe him, they, and, and that's what he created us to be. It's not a less than thing. It's where we fit. It's where we belong. It's, it's how we were made, and when we move into that spot, we begin to experience life in ways that we can never experience if we're the center of the story. Life doesn't work when you're at the center. I don't know if you, I hope that you figured that out. It's miserable there because you're trying to make things happen, and you can't because you're not God. And you just get frustrated and, and things don't work. And, uh, but when you realize it's his story and he invites you in, what happens then is it opens up everything to you because you get a different perspective. You can't see things in, in when you're the center. But when, it, when you're in his story, you begin to see things that you might have missed. You know, one of the things I love about Jesus is he's, is he's walking through the, 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 his ministry, his time here. Uh, and and in, in effect, those three years that he's heavily involved in ministry is that no matter where he's going, he's always watching and seeing other things. And he sees people that everybody else has missed or given up on. And he'll stop an entire crowd and go, I'm sorry, I need a few minutes over here. And he goes and takes as much time as he needs to just be kind to somebody that's out there. And he, he does it over and over and over again. See, that's what he does because he's kind and he, he understands how this thing happens. And so he's doing that. But when we're, when we're in his story, it should open us up to begin to see some things that we might be missing otherwise. You miss a lot if you're the center of the story because it's always just about you. And it's bigger than that. One of my favorite parables... The one I want to read you now, it's in Luke chapter 10. Uh, it's a story of the Good Samaritan. Jesus, I, I, we've done this often, but it's such a great story. It's worth doing again. Uh, and he's really responding to a question about, you know, what love looks like. And he, he tells some people this story. Verse 30. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him. He said, when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor 
to the man who fell into the hands of robbers. And the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Now, parables are cool because you can, you can spend a lot of time in a parable. And, and Jesus did them on purpose so that you would, you know, really kind of find your way in and contemplate these things and think about them and ask the Holy Spirit to show you what's going on. So there's a lot of different ways you can look at the parables. But, but just for a moment, think that, that, that Jesus is the Samaritan and that we're the ones battered and broken on the side of the road, that our enemy has just beaten us and, and left us you know, and, and laughing at us as he walks away from us in that process. But full of kindness, Jesus has compassion on us. And, and he takes our mess on himself and he pays for it at the cross and he comforts us and he cares for us. He empowers us to live by his spirit. That's the oil in the wine spot. And, and he demonstrates what kindness is. And, and in the process, we find and experience now and forever full and abundant life. And as recipients of his kindness, we're to go and do likewise. We're to allow that kindness to flow through us into the world around us. See, the Good Samaritan went out of his way to help this person in need. The, the established religious community were too busy, too wrapped up in their own story. They had just walked, they'd seen him and said, oh, don't want anything to do with that. Off they'd gone. But in this picture, the one who really cares stops and, and, and moves into the thing in the way that they can. See, um, kindness will often involve us going out of our way. It's part of the deal. And, and you know, at different levels and different extremes. But that's why it shows people they have worth and value. Because they know you've had to go out of your way in order to make that happen. And, and here's the thing. If you haven't heard me say anything else today, I'm hoping you'll take this, this one thing and think about it all week. You never know when your kindness could change the life of another person. Just think about it. You never know what simple thing you might do that might completely change the life of another person. I have a thought that that sometime when we've gone to be with Jesus and, you know, the initial 10,000-year party is over, however long it lasts, I don't know, and we got some time to kind of chat and hang out a little bit, that people will come up to you and say, oh, you made such a difference in my life, and you might not even remember it. But you did something small, something simple that made them have value and worth, that moved them in the right direction. And I promise you, all of you have done that, and you may not even realize it. How just something small can change someone's life forever. It's such an amazing thing. And there was a, in the early church, I told you that word for kindness in the original language in the Greek is krestos. Well, the word for Christ in the Greek is Christos. They sound very similar, and they're very similar in their sounding. And in the first century, the church was, was so full of the Holy Spirit and the fruit was so uh, fully developed in them in the process that many people didn't know whether their title was follower of Christ or follower of kindness. They were followers of Christ, but they were just so kind that it made sense to people that that's what was going on. I want you this week, take some time. And, and think about kindness that you've received. Think about things that have happened. Think about the kindness of God to you. Think about um, specific acts by people that have impacted you. And really take some time to think about it. I was thinking about that this week. You know, I try and do these things that I'm, I'm encouraging you to do. And I had this, uh, this thought in my process. And it's about the kindness of God. 
how um, back in 1985, a long time ago now, and uh, I wasn't a believer, I wasn't a follower, and Alice and I were, were, we were together and married, and, and, but we lives were very different than they are now, and she had sort of wanted to change a little bit in a better direction, and um, she got invited to this Bible study by a bunch of people I didn't know, and I was like, and I worked nights then, and I was like, well, we, you know, we really can't go. It's on a night that I work. And she, okay. Well, uh, I think it was like a Tuesday night. And I, I was good because I had an excuse because I didn't want to go to the Bible study. And uh, I had other things happening. And then uh, miraculously, the Bible study shifted to Thursday night, which was my only night off. <laughs> yeah, oh, sure. Now, great. Okay, so we're going to have to go. So I, I don't know. I didn't want to be there at all, not even a little bit. And uh, I, I, I think I made that very clear to everybody in the room. I was like this. The whole, and you ever be somewhere you not want to be? And you make sure everybody knows that I'm not happy about being here. When will this be over? I got better things to do. And yet in the midst of that stuff, God just broke through it all. And, and you know, the, the guy was talking about stuff and people were having this discussion about Scripture and everything. But, but God just sort of used that moment to get my attention and he just sort of started to show me all the times that he'd been in my life. And uh, I didn't grow up as a believer, so it was a pretty big deal to me. And uh, I left that study, and I went home that night. And um, just there, without, and it wasn't something Alice and I did together. I just thought this was, and this was my prayer that brought me into the kingdom. So we have all sorts of prayers. It was, okay, uh, if you're real Jesus, here I am. He took that really serious. I used to run bars, you know, this is a big deal. So, the next day, things were different. I'm not perfect or arrived or anything, but it was different. Well, here's the kindness of that. That same evening, my wife Alice had made that same prayer. And and so the kind, it happened at the same time. That was our story. But I look at that and think that's the kindness of God to us. And and over our, our lives, there's been so many acts of kindness. And the reality is, you know, I want to be kind as well. I, I want to let that stuff just flow through me. So think about those things. And when you realize how, how uh, you know, how much kindness you've received, and, and, and that we're not the center, it's not about us, then we let that flow through us to begin to impact other people. And that's my heart for all of us. Just take some time to think about that and then, and then ask God, you know, to, to just yield to, help you yield to the Spirit and that His kindness would flow through you into the lives of people around you because it'll make a huge difference in the kingdom. We'll stop it there for today.